CEO of Bikini Boss Fitness, the best-selling author, Teresa Di Pasquale. I know a couple of years ago, like traffic conversions before COVID, and the data said that it takes an average of 24 touches before somebody likes you and trusts you enough to buy from you. That was three years ago. Can we imagine what that is now? I have no idea. Dude, that's a lot. <laughs> what are some things that business owner, entrepreneur, that are just things to think about for Instagram right now in 2023? <sighs> okay, that's a loaded question. Uh What's happening on Twitter right now is Elon's actually getting rid of legacy verification. So even if you were legacy verified and notable, unless you're government, he's just making it so if you don't pay for Twitter blue, you're not verified, which is silly. It's like Kanye or, or whatever wouldn't be verified unless they're paying for Twitter blue. You look at Gary Vee, I mention this all the time. The businesses he launches, he just launches them against his audience and you immediately have a million people, two million people, 10 million people that look at this new product. He has eyeballs. How to reduce uh, aging in both the mind and the body. Welcome to Success Story. I'm your host, Scott Clary. The Success Story podcast is part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. They've been supporting the show for over two years now. And when it comes to running an incredible business, HubSpot's got your back. Now, if you're an entrepreneur, you know that nothing matters more than generating revenue, but salespeople aren't just closing deals, they're tracking down leads, they're forecasting growth, they're whipping up reports, managing contacts, creating content, crunching numbers. The list of tasks goes on and on. With Q4 around the corner, there's a better way to win. It all starts with the new HubSpot Sales Hub. Now, with the HubSpot Sales Hub, your data, tools, and teams are fully linked inside a smart and highly customizable platform that feels good to use. It's easy. Turn prospects into pipeline and close your deals all in one place. Plus, sequences and smooth workflows help reps streamline tasks and spend more time on what they do best, connecting with customers. With Sales Hub, closing big deals is simple. Try it for yourself at hubspot.com sales. Yeah, I mean, there's so many to choose from. I think if I'm thinking about the most relevant one right now, um, I don't know if you know my backstory, but I made a huge career change about four and a half, five years ago. And I was I started my entrepreneurial career in the health and wellness space. I owned gyms and then I kind of went into the online space, did that for many, many years, almost 15 years. And um, I ended up obviously doing really well at organic social media marketing and personal branding online. That's how I started this agency. but. Before that, I was doing an online fitness business and I decided that I wanted to be a big girl and learn online marketing. And so I joined this mastermind. And in the mastermind, I was like just doing a lot of consulting with like organic marketing and like personal branding and all these things. And so my mentor, who's one of my really good friends, JJ Virgin, she came to me and she was kind of like, hey, you're so good at this. Like, why are you doing that? You should just do this. And I was like, oh, okay. And I was like, wow, okay, I'm 35 years old. I don't want to be showing my abs and my butt and like wearing a bikini for the rest of my life on social media so tired of this. I've always loved the business side of what I do anyways. And I was like, okay, why not? So I ended up selling my fitness business and like starting an entirely new career at 35 years old. That's, so that's that, scary as hell too, by the way. It's wild. Um, it was definitely a huge leap, but it's like the best thing I've ever done. I love, like, I absolutely love what I do. I wake up every day stoked. Um, it's been really, really one of the best things I've ever made. So I think that's definitely a huge inflection point for my journey was just totally pivoting. I mean, I don't think 35 is old, but I think for careers, you know, people think that's crazy to start a career that late, but for me, it was like, let's do it. I, it's not old at all, um, but it's, it, it is scary as hell because people get so comfortable. And if you had a business that you actually sold, that means it was doing some level of success, right? It was a successful yeah. business. It wasn't like you were just, just, just making ends meet as like a, a personal trainer and competing right. on the other side of it. Like you, you had an actual business. Um, if somebody's at that point in their life, and they're sort of having this, I don't want to call it a midlife crisis, but they, they're having some sort of, I need to do something else. I'm not happy with where I'm at because it's something that plagues a lot of people, but then they just carry on for the next 20, 30 years and they never make that pivot. What allowed you to make that pivot? What, what did you do to make sure that pivot was successful? How did you mentally go through that process so that you didn't sabotage yourself? Yeah, I mean, I... I think a lot of entrepreneurs are like this and I'm just a very like, if you want to take the island, you have to burn the boats. And so I was like, it's once you get rid of it and you have no income coming in, you have to figure out a way to make things work. 
And so it's kind of like a do or die, you know, like, so there was no option for me. I didn't do the whole like, oh, let me work my job and like piddle paddle on the side. I literally was like, sell it. And I'm going all in on this, you know, like this is what I'm doing. And so like, that's why I made it work. And there was months, the first couple months, I didn't make any money because when you're first starting into something totally new, you have to prove yourself. So I had to take clients for free to get results. And then I started taking clients for really cheap. You know what I mean? Just to show, like, I had to get a portfolio of work that I could do. So I did not make a lot of money the first year. It was like very little money. So it was really like years two, three, four that it started taking off. But yeah, you got to be willing to, to, you have to be willing to sacrifice for the longer, you know, like for the longer term. So I knew that that was not going to be like, you know, you're thought I was going to be balling, but it was worth it for me in the long run to eat shit, to be able to then now have this career. Are you happy that you, you burned the boats? Is yeah, that the thing you think that was like, that was the thing that got you to do it and make yeah, the switch? I think, and I think there's like, also for me, I know like with my former business, even though it was like a successful model that I could have done, if I, once I start checking out, I'm out. And so that's just how I operate. Like I can start already feeling, you know, like, you yeah. know, I think it's pretty standard in the entrepreneurial world that like around the five year mark, people either start like looking to sell their business or like doing something else because we get bored because that's what we do as entrepreneurs. We're very ADHD. <laughs> yep. Um, and I could feel like really just not wanting. I was getting like very like that resistance towards that business. And so if I'm super invested in something, it will be successful. I have to be like in it. And so I knew that this would be successful because I was excited about it. So for me, I knew it was going to work. I believed it. I just had to the time in i wish more people would trust themselves to that degree because i i I genuinely believe that if somebody does anything for you you said five years i i even give people 10 years if you actually put 10 years into some shit like it's gonna work there'll be some it may not be the same thing that you got day one but it's gonna be some version of it that's gonna work to some degree you're gonna make some money doing it but even like it's interesting because you picked an industry like social media marketing like you couldn't have picked a more crowded industry. I don't know what year this was, but this is a pretty damn crowded industry and an agency operating in an industry. How do you, how do you really stand out? How do you differentiate yourself? Because agencies are, are a dime a dozen for social, at least. I think, I don't think agencies are, I think that social media managers are, and this is where like, I have to do a lot of educating and I'm not for everybody because I'm not. Okay. Educate me. I don't know then. Maybe I don't know what you do. I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, so there's like a lot of differences. Like I'm a social media strategist. So I run an agency. I think most agencies have some kind of like a higher level strategist that runs them. And then like my team would be social media managers that work underneath me, but I do all like the strategy. So like what I'm doing is more integrated brand marketing. So even though we're focusing on social media, it's like understanding like the messaging and the branding and like all those components, how to drive traffic is like marketing across all platforms. So we're like blending them together. So I talk about Instagram mainly because I love Instagram, but we do Facebook, we do TikTok, we do LinkedIn, we do all the other ones too, um, except for Twitter, I don't like Twitter. Um, <laughs> and so it's really like understanding that like I'm expensive because you're not just gonna be a social media manager. Social media managers like know how to use the platforms, they know the nuances, they come up with yeah. like cute little clever ideas. They do not understand marketing. They don't understand branding for the most part. And they don't understand the nuances. Like they're not strategists as far as like that integrating brand marketing piece. And so I'm really different because I work with like a very specific kind of business. So like for me, my wheelhouse is expert personal brands that are enterprise businesses. So it has to be making over at least seven figures to be able to make sense to work with my agency. Um, It's people that are like New York Times bestsellers or like, you know, really famous doctors or like motivational speakers. Like that's who I work with. So like I've got a really niche audience. So then you're, yeah, so you're making, you're making people famous, but they already have, they, they, they're famous, but they already have done something incredible. So they've built a big business. So they're operating at a high level. They're successful in real life. And we take that and translate that onto their social media and then start leveraging their social media to drive more traffic to their business. So that's a hard thing to do. And, and you're right. So that is a little bit more niche down than just Mm -hmm. social media. Yeah. So when you, when you started out though, I'm curious, is that the first version of, of building your company that you wanted to build? Yeah. Because that's what I was, the reason that I evolved into this is because I was so good at it for myself. Like I basically built a personal brand organically out of nothing, built a high six figure fitness business out of nothing. Um, I basically had a very, very successful book launch from my organic social media following. So like most of my people want to launch a book it, like, you know, like this is like, yeah. it's the path that I took that I was good at. And I'm really good at understanding how to create systems to teach people how to do what I'm doing, which is what I do at my agency. So it's like that. I just naturally evolved into that. 
And then by being in these groups, I'm surrounding myself with people like that, right? So I'm in the pools with them. So that's how I kind of like evolved into this. And then to answer your question, like I grew the agency because I got results. So like I've never done any paid marketing ever for my agency ever, not once. Really? Mm -mm. It's all word of mouth. That's really impressive. Mm-hmm. It's very, very impressive. The only thing that I do is we'll put up Instagram posts organically, but I've never paid for nothing once, not once. So, I mean, that I, this is actually going to dovetail into sort of my next question and point. When people think about, I love, listen, I mean, I'm, I'm sort of preaching to the choir because I, and you're preaching to the choir as well because we both love building personal brands. It's something that I'm heavily invested in. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting because I, I see a lot of people that don't have a business building a personal brand, building a personal brand. And I see a lot of people that should be building it, not building it. So I feel like the people, so let me explain what I mean by that. A lot of fake gurus, a lot of bullshit coaches, a lot of people that have never done anything actually impressive in real life seem to leverage social. And they seem to be the ones that are most focused on gaining exposure and getting press and getting you know blue, blue checks on social, even though that's gonna probably change a little bit um, given recent announcements. but. Those are the people that seem to be really great at marketing. Then you see some really smart CEOs that have not built a personal brand that are so focused on their business that it's like a, an afterthought or it's a distraction. And those are the people that I would actually love to see because Agreed. I and, and, and I deal with this only because I get pitched on my show all the time. So I see the wide range. I see somebody that has several million followers that is like rudimentary in their knowledge of the actual thing they should be proficient in versus a CEO that has no followers that is the most articulate, insightful conversation I've ever had. And it's, it's a shame because more people should be learning from that person. I, I agree. So how, how do you convince the CEO that thinks it's, it's a distraction to actually understand the benefit? Because you're doing it. Your brand has led you clients, no paid. So you built a brand, people come to you, they pay you. So that makes a lot of sense, mm-hmm. but a lot of people don't get it. So, I mean, the, you, you just have to realize that it's like, I try to explain really like social media is, it's not going away. It's only going to get bigger and it's becoming the new business card. Like my little slogan that I always talk about is Instagram is a new business card because every time I'm out, do you use business cards? No, not anymore. Anybody else? <laughs> No, what do you do? Hey, are you on Instagram? Let's connect, right? You pick up your phone, you connect. And so it's like, it's where people are going to look you up. I don't care what you're doing. If you are a doctor, if you're an attorney, if you're a CEO, if you are a coach, the first thing I do when I want to work somebody with somebody is go look at their Instagram profile. And it's going to dictate whether I decide to move forward to that next step in the customer journey or not, because I'm going to look, I'm going to look at their content. Are they putting up expert content that like builds trust and makes me like them, right? And like positions them as the expert. And so like, it's so important. Not only that, like these companies that are running a lot of paid traffic, like this is what I try to explain is like organic social media is basically a front and nurture campaign because I don't even know what the data is now. I know a couple of years ago, like two or three years ago, I went to um, traffic and conversions before COVID mm-hmm. and the data said that it's an average, it takes an average of 24 touches before somebody likes you and trusts you enough to buy from you. That was three years ago. Can we imagine what that is now? I have no idea. That's wild. That's 24. Mm-hmm. Dude, so where that's are they going life. to do that? Like, where are they doing that at? Do you have social media? Because it's the best place for them to do that. Are you on YouTube? Yeah. Can they watch your videos? Can they read your blog? They've got to consume content of yours a minimum of 24 times. So that's where it's like social media is a front and nurture campaign. It's nurturing that relationship, giving them an opportunity to do that. And it's like you, it's essential to have that now, it, even if you're doing paid traffic, because what we're doing is building so much value. Like mm-hmm. we see the return on ad spend, the ROAS for our clients ads skyrocket when they're doing a strong organic social media because we're building so much like trust and rapport and relationship with their audience so this is it is integral now for for the for the executive or even the doctor or the lawyer that says they don't have time because i'm sure that's like the number one concern i don't have time right i'm already working 24 hours a day where do i spend the time or where do i find the time to do this So it isn't for everybody, but I can tell you, like, it's just really about being efficient. And like, you know, we've got a lot of processes in our agency where like our clients don't really do shit. We do everything for them, but they need to have assets for us to do that. So like, do they have podcasts or videos or recordings or courses or blogs or books that we can transcribe? You know what I'm saying? So like, there's ways to be smart about it, Um, you know, or like 
what we would do is script out videos and have them do one video and then use it in a lot of different ways, right? So like there's yeah. ways to be really efficient with it, but it just totally depends on each client, you know? But I just think that if you're looking at the best use of your time, like again, if it's essential, then you should absolutely be dedicating at least an hour a week to doing video. That's because that's it's, a lot. No, no, it's not. But it's not it's not day one a performance. So I think the difference that a lot of people or the people people have a hard time understanding how it could be a performance marketing tool. Like you said, over time it can increase your ROAS. But day one, it's not like you light up a an ad set on Google, on Facebook or on Google and immediately you see the traffic coming in. So no, it's a nurture campaign. It's nurturing yeah. over time. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So you have to build it up over time. So I think like, you know, the, the best time to start is always yesterday. Right. Exactly. And this is this is where you got to This is where you got to start building. I mean, mm -hmm. you built your personal brand for fitness category for a fitness business. And then it's interesting and it's it echoes what I'm experiencing right now. I, I built a personal brand for actually no reason at all. But now that I've moved between companies and moved between different things that I'm working on in my life, like the eyeballs follow. And even if not a hundred percent of the people that cared about your personal brand when you were in fitness care about what you're doing now with social some of them do and then you build a community and then they sort of follow you throughout your career mm -hmm. and i think that this compounding effect is really lost on people they don't understand like you look at you look at gary v i mentioned this all the time and this is obviously like like an og personal brand builder right mm -hmm. you see the the businesses he launches he launches businesses like it's going out of style like empathy wines vayner media vayner sports v friends whatever the hell other business he does now he just launches them against his audience and you you immediately have a million people two million people 10 million people that look at this new product yep he has eyeballs he has eyeballs mm -hmm. so more people should do this <laughs> so, so i totally i agree with everything that you're saying and i think that like one of the things also about when you're saying like starting and then pivoting yeah. is like people will follow you because also it's really inspirational for them. Like I've had some people that are like, I just, you're so inspiring. Like, I can't believe you did that. And it's like making me think about what can I do? And like, they love being part of that journey. They love it. So, so I think people think they get scared that they might not have that. And you're going to lose some people. I mean, shoot, I probably yeah. lost like 10,000 perverted men when I stopped posting fitness stuff. <laughs> Which is fine. That's also okay. So <laughs> not a big deal. I my stuff, so get off my page. But I'm just saying, yeah. I, I probably lost more. I think I, at one point I had like 260,000 followers. So I'm at like, I probably lost like 40,000 followers when I stopped posting for this stuff. Oh but God. it doesn't matter to me because like they were never going to buy my stuff to begin with. They're just perverts no. on the page. Exactly. My you know what I mean? So now it's like I have genuine people who actually care about my stuff. So... So sort of like a, a, a beginner's playbook for thinking through personal brand content. You mentioned one sort of tactic, which is batch producing and then content repurposing, which is a really smart tactic. Maybe just walk through what that process would look like, because then I also want to understand the message that somebody would deliver when they're actually creating. What should that message be? We spoke about authenticity, which is a buzzword that's thrown around like a lot, a lot. So mm -hmm. we'll get into that in a second. But yeah, first, that that's sort of like that tactical thing to make it less stressful. Okay, this is such a big topic, but I mean, I think the per the first thing you really need to understand when you're going to do this, and this is where I'm, this is what I'm great at, is like looking at your personal brand and being like, what is my message? Like, yeah. what are my core brand topics? Like, what am I going, what is my expertise? And I think a lot of personal brands like make the mistake and they just talk about too many different things. So their message gets drowned out and lost. And so it's really being clear on like, what are those core brand topics? Like what is your marketing content? Because your marketing content is different than your core brand topics, right? Core brand topics are what's going to position you as an expert and build that trust and relationship with your audience. And the marketing content is what's going to drive people to take an action. They're going to subscribe or sell, right? It's overcoming objections. So it's like yeah. having that marketing strategy from the top is what will help outline what you should be talking about. Getting really clear on that content. Like here's what we need from you. We need these videos and then you can depending on what platforms you like, you know, like we've got clients that love TikTok and I have clients that just despise it. You have to understand, I just did a blog about this, Reels versus TikTok. Um, we just broke down everything because there's a, both platforms are great, but it's like really understanding me as a personal brand, is my audience on there? Do I even, do I like doing content like that? Right, TikTok's more trendy, it's fun. It's gonna be a lot more like, you know, they have dance challenges and like videos and, do you have to do that on there? No, but TikTokers like that, right? So is the, are you, do your personality like that? No, I like more of like a serious thing, right? So for me, I'd prefer reels. It's like understanding where you can leverage your time. So that's a com an important component of building personal yeah. too. I don't agree, like this drives me insane with Gary Vee, that I, you know, 
when he's like, you should be omnipresent, uh, Grant Cardone too, right? You should be yeah. omnipresent on every platform everywhere and you should be putting out content five times a day everywhere. I don't agree with that. Because what that's doing is it's totally like discouraging people that don't have a 40 person content team following them around because they can produce that kind of content because they literally have a team of people traveling with them on their private jets, filming them at every angle, editing all their videos. Most entrepreneurs and personal brands don't have that. This episode is brought to you by NetSuite. Now, as a business owner, I always remember when my company hits a growth spurt. It's great, but then you realize that things start to break. Things are taking three times as long. Manual processes start to bury your team in paperwork and admin, and you really don't have one reliable source of data or truth to understand how healthy your business is. If this sounds familiar, you have to know three numbers, 37,000, that's how many businesses have upgraded to NetSuite, the number one cloud financial system. 25, NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years streamlining accounting, inventory, HR, and more for growing companies. And one, because your business truly is one of a kind, NetSuite gives you customized solutions so you can manage everything about your business in one place, from inventory to invoicing, one powerfully efficient system. I love having all of my data in one spot NetSuite allows me to do that. It gives me the big picture so I can make smarter decisions. And they turn complex financials into understandable, actionable insights. Right now, you can get NetSuite's popular KPI checklist for free to help improve your business. It's designed to help you boost performance across key areas of your business. Go to netsuite.com slash Clary to download the checklist and see how one complete system can transform your growth. That's netsuite.com slash Scott Clary. Get more control in your business with NetSuite. I want to thank Belay for sponsoring today's episode. They provide solutions that all of us need. They help us get back more of our time because time is the most precious resource. A lot of you listening are business leaders, entrepreneurs. You know that if you spend your time incorrectly, it can make or break your business, your personal, professional relationships. It can completely sidetrack you and stop you from reaching your goals. So I'm gonna ask you, are you protecting your time? How much of your day is eaten up by tasks that could have been done by someone else? Wouldn't you rather spend your time on things that truly matter? The answer should be yes, because you have to, to move the needle on whatever it is you're trying to build. That's where Belay comes in. They are the nation's largest pool of exceptional US-based talent. Belay offers flexible staffing solutions to free you up. Need a virtual assistant to conquer those pesky administrative tasks or maybe an accounting professional to really keep your finances in order? Belay can help with all that and way more. Their personalized matching process saves you the headache of hiring by finding the perfect match for your needs in as little as a week. Focus on what matters the most with the help from Belay. Text SUCCESS, that's S-U-C-C-E-S-S, to 55123 to learn more and get started. I don't know about you, but the idea of being harassed, scammed, or even worse, all because somebody found my personal information online, that's terrifying. Our political opinions, our addresses, even stuff about our families, it's out there for anyone to grab. And did you know that data brokers are allowed to sell information on over 98% of Americans? It's scary stuff. That's why I've partnered with Delete Me. I personally use Delete Me. They're a big friend of the podcast because I put myself out there online. So safety is a huge concern. It's really scary how easy it is to find someone's details and information, but Delete Me creates a layer of protection that we all need. You tell Delete Me what you want gone and they make it disappear from those sketchy data broker sites. And Delete Me doesn't stop. They constantly monitor the web to keep your information off those lists. It's like having a privacy watchdog that never sleeps. You need to take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. They're giving a special discount for all Success Story podcast listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeletemecom slash success and use promo code success at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash success and enter code success at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash success. Like they cannot. It's, it's overwhelming too. It's, it's stressful. It's so overwhelming. It's like, stop, yeah. stop saying that because what you're doing is people are going to do nothing because they're so overwhelmed. So just pick one platform that you love start mastering that one. Can you put content other places? Yes. Take the videos like we talked about repurposing, take one video, put it on YouTube, and then you can cut it up and make it real. You know what I'm saying? Reels or TikToks or whatever you want. You can turn, transcribe it and turn it into captions. There's so many things you can do with, with content. 
but just pick one platform to start that you love, master that platform. When you master that, then you can go to the next platform, master the next one. But like, I don't agree with them when you're building a personal brand to like focus on everything all the time. I think you should really like crush one and then move to the next one. And, and I guess, yeah, so that, that just depends on what you're comfortable with really. Like there's no right or wrong answer to it's that. Not. It's like, what do you love doing? Do you love doing long form YouTube videos? Do you love doing short form entertaining TikTok videos? Do you like writing? blog yeah. style captions because that could be facebook or instagram like what do you like doing do you like taking pretty pictures you want to be more influencer you know like it's it's really going to be like what suits your personality i i saw a post on your social and i just pulled it up when you were just giving that that sort of rundown and i thought it was a really interesting post it was the old social versus the new social media and it was like a couple i don't know yeah march 10th <laughs> it was like earlier this month and it was like preaching instead of story old social was preaching buying followers reposting content self-absorbed captions and constantly promoting and then the new social is storytelling creating an engaged and loyal tribe creating meaningful content captions that provide value for your ideal audience and constantly providing infotainment and yep. infotainment is something you speak about a lot so maybe this can be a a segue into that but can we before we go into infotainment um as a concept what is explain this diagram that I'm looking at and and I just read it through maybe I'll try and find a way to post it on the video but yeah. uh, walk through what this means so basically I've been on Instagram for a long time and we didn't talk about how I got started in this but I started back and like when the app literally it must have been like barely a year old so I've seen the wow. evolution yeah. when I started Instagram it was so easy to grow because it was like share for share share repost content I had a share page that I sold marketing on um, Chloe Kardashian followed my page. It was a big fitness. It was squat for that booty. It was a fitness page. <laughs> it is so yeah. great. I saw, I made so much money on that page because I would basically, I grew this huge page and then I would like have a girl pay me or I would say, Hey, share my page and then I'll post you on my page. And so I grew to like yeah. almost 400,000 followers like this. Um, and that was just such a different time in Instagram. Like things were just different. It wasn't about what it is. It, it was a different landscape. Um, it also was like more about like just numbers, numbers, video metrics, you know, like everyone just wanted yeah. big followings, but now it's with the algorithm and like with so much more competition and people on the platform, you've got to really stand out. You've got to provide value. And like I always talk about with personal brands, unless you're freaking Kanye West, Beyonce, The Rock or whatever, you cannot post whatever you want. You have to post yeah. stuff for your followers. Your social media is not for you. It's for your followers. If you want to grow a large engaged tribe. So it's really, that's where the infotainment piece comes in. It's like, how are you providing value for your followers? Number one, they want to be entertained. Most people come on social media to be entertained. Then they may want to learn something. They like to be inspired too. So infotainment is like, every time you post, you should be either motivating or inspiring, educating, right? Giving them practical info or entertaining them. It's best if you can always include all three in your social strategy. And, and has your love for Instagram changed that all over the years? I mean, you just no. mentioned something that's very important. Like Instagram is now... There's more creators than consumers of content on Instagram. And you still love it as much as you did. I don't know if that's true. Is that true? I don't know. I don't know. I think it's true. <laughs> I'm making up data. <laughs> Here's a really big differentiator that we need to discuss when you're talking about personal brands because yeah. there's influencer creators, right? You can have mm. a strategy for that or there's expert brands. It's two totally different strategies. So when you come to the fork in the road, which way are you going? Because influencer creators are going to have a very different model. They want to get as many eyeballs as they can on their page, and they typically make money by ads or sponsored or ambassadors or affiliates or something of that nature. If you're an expert personal brand, you want to get people who are liking you and your stuff, and you want to get a direct response. So you want to obviously grow in numbers, but you want the right kind of people on your page Correct. that are going to be interested in your product so that you can leverage that for your business. And so that's two totally different strategies. And so when we're looking at the expert model strategy, there's actually not, um, I mean, I want to say, again, I have to go look at the most recent research, but probably about nine months ago, we did a, a post on, the, on my capture. Um, it's at your social butterfly is my business page. But basically I talked about how there's like only out of like, you know, a couple billion, like what is it? Almost 2 billion people now on Instagram. It's like 2 million marketers. Mm. It's not a lot. So creators are different. Creators are different. It's a different model. But marketers, not. It's still. You might think you're like behind, but you're actually. It's still. There's still a lot of people still doing what you're doing, which is like if you haven't decided yet, they're still sitting on the bench. And so it's like you said, if there's a time to get in, it should be yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I, I always believe that, and and I'm I'll, I kind of play devil's advocate in some of these interviews too, just to sort of bring out the counterpoint because I'm actually you know. I'm, <laughs> We're like the exact same in terms of like our view of social. So, yeah. but I try and bring up like all the arguments because I, I actually have heard 
Um, I, I have heard that there are more creators than consumers, but I, I don't have a data point to back I, that up. I'm not saying it's wrong. I don't know. I, I haven't. But it's, that. it's the organic reach is always a concern, right? That's what everyone speaks about, organic reach. So you have to have the right strategy. And like, that's one mm. thing we're really good at, you know, like that's, that's why I've built my agency through word of mouth because I'm amazing at organic reach and yeah, they do yeah. stupid stuff that changes and it, you know, affects us. But if at the end of the day, if you have a great content strategy, you are going to get organic reach because you know how to make good content. And it's always like, like Scott, you could have the best yeah. content around your area of expertise and so could I, but if I don't understand how to turn that into Instagram content, people want to engage and consume with, it won't go anywhere. Yeah. That's the key. I think that's where a lot of businesses uh, get confused because, you know, I, I also live on Instagram and in social and I find it very hard to translate a business message into Instagram. I find it easier. Uh, funny, you, you said you don't like Twitter. I find that there's more business, like B2B activity on Twitter and definitely LinkedIn, obviously, and even on YouTube than I've ever found on Instagram. I find that Instagram is a place for like influencers and people with like visually engaging content. Yeah. So when I, if we want to circle back to Twitter, it's not that I don't like Twitter. I don't personally use it because I'm too verbose. I can't get my freaking thoughts out in 140 characters. It's like impossible. I just, I'm just too long winded, but at the agency, it doesn't make sense for agency because what we do like Twitter is like the person, it's a thought leader. You need to be yeah. yourself. And so like for us doing it for our clients, it doesn't make sense because most there's like maybe one that we could have done it with um, our client Lisa Nichols. Like maybe we could have done it for her, but like most of them don't have that content for us to do it, so it doesn't make sense. I'm not against Twitter. It's just I don't personally love using it, and we don't. It doesn't make sense for the agency. But. No, that makes sense. Okay, fair. No, but the the point is still, uh, Instagram seems to be the hardest platform for business content. And from my perspective, it's always seemed that. But obviously, you solve for that. I'm not saying it yeah. is. I was like, not. I mean, not for me. But again. Yeah. It's really knowing the nuances of like how to take that content and turn it into that Instagram yeah. worthy engagement worthy content. Um, and if you were going to recommend a business start on social and you said like you have to pick your lane, you have to figure out what you're good at and, and maybe they can do everything right. Maybe they do. Mm -hmm. they, they can write and they can record video and they and they can, you know, use some sort of graphic design software to put something up on Instagram. Uh, maybe they can, you know. <laughs> take their thoughts and put them into 240 characters, you would still think that Instagram is like a bullish option for somebody that's just sort of weighing out all their different options. Here's why I like it. Um, because of two main reasons, three main reasons. So the first one is you can still get organic reach. We do it all the time. Like it's really, yeah. people think it's dead. It's compared to other platforms, Facebook, you are not getting organic reach because that's you true. have to play. Unless if you have a personal account, you can only have so many whatever followers now. But if you're on a business page, you have to pay to get reach. You're not going to get a lot of organic reach. Um, TikTok, you can get a lot of reach, but you are going to go through everybody on TikTok. You, it's a lot harder to attract your ideal audience on Instagram. If you're a business, you want your ideal people on the page, right? If you're an expert, not a creator or an influencer, but if you're a business or a personal brand trying to leverage Instagram and through hashtags. So Instagram is being used more and more like a search engine now. And mm -hmm. people are using things like hashtags to actually seek out different types of account and content they want, like, or account and content that they want to follow. And so they're putting a lot of different features in that makes it really easy for them to do that. So it's really easy to attract your ideal audience and get your content in front of them. And also like the way they have the share feature set up, you know, if you have your ideal client on the page and you put something up that resonates with them and they share it, it's likely they have a lot of other people that are their followers that are also your ideal people. And so it's like a trickle effect. So as a business, I'd rather like for me, I want more direct response than brand awareness. So I want yeah. more of the right people on my page than just numbers. So like I love TikTok, but like that's more brand awareness, right? That's going to yeah. be just yeah. a ton of people. Um, Instagram is going to be better for direct response for me. So it, it, I actually do think it's great for business. And the third reason I like it is because it's almost like a bunch of apps in one because you have like the wall, you have stories, you have reels, right? You have all these different places to put out content. Yeah, yeah. This is just like one or two ways of content. As you all know, the Success Story podcast is part of the HubSpot Podcast Network, which has incredible podcasts for entrepreneurs, business leaders, people just wanting to upskill themselves. One of my favorites that you need to go check out is My First Million, hosted by Sam Parr and Sean Purry. They have incredible guests, Alex Hermosi, Sophia Amoruso, Hassan Minhaj, all sharing their secrets, how they made their first million, and how to apply their learnings to capitalize on today's business trends and opportunity. Go listen to My First Million wherever you get your podcast. And, and one thing that I, you, you mentioned that if you find the right audience, 
this is the this they will convert and that's really the objective of a business putting out content and obviously i also find that TikTok is is brand awareness but it, the, the there's like a trust factor that i feel isn't built on TikTok for some reason i feel like TikTok is a very low trust building platform with your audience that's because I, I, anybody, a house mom from New Jersey, yeah. can all of a sudden become an uh, expert on, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like um, the, maybe, people don't carry over. Like, there's no you look at it. Anybody could be famous. Exactly. So you have somebody with 5 million followers on TikTok, they have like nothing anywhere else. The audience doesn't carry. And it, it shouldn't be about audience, but it's a, it's a leading indicator that your audience doesn't trust you or care about you that much if your audience only sees you on TikTok and then doesn't go anywhere else. And you look at YouTube, for example, you, every YouTuber where you're talking to somebody for 10, 20, an hour long and have a big audience, their audience cares about them, their audience follows them other places. Instagram, Facebook, correct. Email yeah. list. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So without, without doing a full, full strategy, because other things I want to talk to you about outside of just Instagram, um, <laughs> what are some, what are some things that, uh, you want to leave a business owner entrepreneur with that are just things to think about for Instagram right now in 2023. Okay. That's a loaded question. I know um, it is. You have to pick yeah. the things that are top of mind. <laughs> I know it's a loaded question. Yeah, sorry. I think, you know, I think this might sound funny to you because you're doing it, but like, if you're not leaning into the short form video trend, you got to start. Yeah. And you can really do it to what makes sense with your brand and like your personality. It doesn't have to be silly, you know, whatever, trending reel with like lip syncing audios. I think a lot of extra brands get like really intimidated by reels. Uh, but if you're not on the Instagram or even TikTok or whatever, even YouTube shorts now, like some kind of short form yeah. video, that should be part of your strategy. It doesn't need to be a whole thing, but like if you're not leaning into it, you really need to start like just leaning into more video content and like learning the nuances of it there's so much nuance with video content like the editing yeah. the lengths the scripting like there's a lot that goes into it um yeah. that would be number one um number two is like really not being cavalier with it because it's such a powerful tool organic social media like i was talking about it can benefit your business in so many ways long term look at it as a long-term play it's not a short-term play it's a long-term play so like really getting serious doubling down on it because what I've learned is like, say I'm doing Facebook ads, you could be crushing it. And this has happened to me personally with me and my ex-husband's business. Um, we were literally crushing, crushing, crushing from Facebook. We own regenerative medicine um, clinics and they changed, they basically deplatformed us on, off of Google overnight. Um, so we couldn't advertise regenerative medicine because it's scientifically unsound. They changed the Facebook insights. It became very oversaturated. And so like in a matter of months, our entire eight figure business almost dried up. That's and wild. the Shit. lesson that was yeah. learned from that a couple of years ago was don't have all your eggs in one basket. Mm -hmm. And so as a business owner, like this will you, organic social is owned media. You, it's never going to go away. So like you can, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. yes, the platform could close down. You should be getting people on your email list, things like that. But I'm saying it's your content. You can save the post. It's just content you create. And it's such a good long-term play to support all these other things. And God forbid one of them goes away. At least you have this foundation built. Yeah. You're like de-risking yourself one level further than just paid because, yeah, that's very smart. Very, very smart. And you have that mm -hmm. audience, again, to always tap into. Yep. Um, one thing that you you mentioned, you've mentioned this a few times, is, is, is being very purposeful about the type of content you put out, which is understood. Um, but then you also mentioned authenticity. And I think authenticity is, is key to your strategy, but it's also a buzzword that's really thrown around a lot that I think loses value because people don't understand what it really means. Like, does it mean mm -hmm. I'm Gary Vee and I'm swearing all over my, uh, my Instagram or what does it actually mean in terms of like content creation? So for me, when I would like coach somebody on being authentic, it would be more of like when I'm looking at a personal brand, there's like the business side of the personal brand, which is like my mastery content, my expertise, but then I'm also a person, right? Yeah. So like one, one of the things I teach about personal branding is like you are a person and your business is one thing that you do. So you should also be sharing with your audience, like things about your personal life. And like, that's where the authenticity comes in. Cause like, who are you and what do you do? You don't have to try to be anything, just be yourself. Like yeah. I've had so many doctors that are like, um, you know, Oh, I'm afraid to let not look professional. And like, they're doing all this really cool, like dancing or like whatever. And I'm like, put it out there. Like, let's show your audience. They're so scared that when they do it, like the audience loves it because it's just like, that's who they really are. And, and so I think a lot of experts are worried about not looking professional or whatever. And it's like showing people who you are and being authentic, isn't going to 
you know, sway people away. And at the end of the day, if it does, they're not your people anyways. They're never going to buy your stuff. Not everyone's going to like you on social media. So like, just don't be afraid to be yourself, I think is what that means to me. I, I love that. And and yeah. that's just, I, I, I feel like I notice this sometimes when I even do podcasts, it's like when people are recording something that like uh, a different person comes on. It's like the person that comes on when you're in front of a mic and a camera, it's like it's like this alternate ego persona, whatever. And then the second the camera shuts off, then the person becomes real and the person actually mm -hmm. is like a human being. And then the conversation you have when somebody is, you want to have the conversation on social that you would normally have off camera for most people. That's like the best way to put to it. a friend at a coffee shop. That's why I tell people stop writing like you're writing a dissertation and write. Yeah, it's like there's real value in, in your brain <laughs> so fucking talk about it and don't just think you need like this like manicured perfect no because no. it's but you know I, you you see it i'm sure I you see this that, oh my gosh yeah i mean i think that people are so tired of that they don't want fake perfect people they want real that's why oh my gosh look at so many of the facebook ads it's literally people taking their cell phone out and they're like putting yeah. it up and you can see them pushing the button in the ad they don't even edit that out anymore because it's like they want that unpolished, like they're just hanging out with a friend feel. That's what people want is authentic. Um, okay, let's talk about, let's just do like rapid fire of other social things that I'm interested in your opinion. And, and only because I was complaining about features on social and you're like, no, Scott, you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a stupid fucking feature. This is actually a very useful feature. I'm like, okay, whatever, we'll talk about it. So I, I was just curious about your your view on a couple different things. So let's just go through the list. You already mentioned TikTok. You don't necessarily double down on it. Uh, do you have any opinions about TikTok in terms of like data privacy? Do you have any care about that? Do you think it's going to stick around? Do you concern? It's that's interesting too, because if you're going to put out all this work and effort into a platform that's so volatile, like it's banned yeah. in India, it's banned in a couple of other countries. So like, we don't know what's going to happen here. So that there is that chance. Who knows? It could be totally non-existent, but yeah, I yeah. mean, I don't worry too much about it, but that's definitely something to think about and consider. Um, meta, metaverse, virtual anything. Do you care about that at all? You know, I know I should because it's coming and I'm trying. I actually have uh, one of our clients who's one of my good friends. She's like one of the biggest experts in crypto NFT space. And so I'm learning a lot from her. Her name is Lee Richter. Uh, I know Lee. Oh, that, know I, that, I know Lee. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know Lee. Where we have a couple of mutual friends. Met, yeah, but, um, I'm trying. I'm learning so much from her, but it's just like I am not resonating with it yet. Like the whole virtual reality metaverse, like it doesn't do it for me personally. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm learning because I don't want to be behind the curve. You know, like I'm trying yeah. to learn more about all these things and like, like she's we we do her social, but I believe she's one of the best people teaching people, like breaking it down to make it understandable. Like she's the only person that I've understood it from. Cause I read it and I'm like, ah, it's like Chinese. Yeah. Um, yeah. But she's doing a really good job of like breaking down all this stuff and making it like also like how to apply that to your business and branding. So like yeah. using NFTs and smart contracts for your business and like really cool things that people are doing. So like I'm learning a lot from her, so I'm trying, but I haven't, I haven't done anything with it yet. You know, it's funny. Her whole business is about making it more accessible. That's that's her whole like the the whole NFT pay business is about making it like super accessible to everyone. She's she's yeah. very. We, we had dinner she's like so a month ago. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. Yeah. yeah, she's one of our very good friends. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, what about influencer? Like, what about badges? Paid badges on Twitter. Paid badges on Instagram. We don't know what's going to happen with that. I mean, as someone that's verified that earned my verification, it's a little frustrating for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, I got it because I'm like a, a published author that actually yeah. like had a serious book. You know what I mean? So I got verification that way. Um, I think that it's great what they're doing, but I'm hoping we don't know because they haven't commented on it, but I'm hoping maybe the people that have verification will have a different color or something to signify something different. Like, I think it's great what they're doing because, you know, anyone should have, I do think on social media, you should have some kind of verification anyways. It should be like yeah. the initial step. Um, but I'm curious to see how this works when they roll out on Instagram. Like if, if people like me are going to have a different color or we don't know yet, we have no idea. Or, or if, cause what's happening on Twitter right now is Elon's actually getting rid of legacy verification. So even if you were legacy verified and notable, unless you're government or, or there's maybe there's some categories, he's just making it so if you don't pay for Twitter blue, you're not verified, which yeah. is silly. I mean, like that means like, that means like Kanye or, you know, Kim or whatever wouldn't be verified unless they're paying for Twitter blue. 
interesting, whatever. It is so, definitely interesting. Um, useful features, new features. I, I was complaining. What was that feature in Instagram notes, I was complaining the about? The notes is the one that you put emojis. Yeah. You're like, this feature is so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. So, so I don't understand it. So the reason I said it's useful is because one of the main things I teach you about Instagram is like engagement is a currency of Instagram if you want to grow organically. Yeah. So you've got to have engagement in your content. The more you can get people engaging, the more that's a sign to Instagram that you're keeping people on the platform and they like that because it's a business. They want to sell ads to people on the platform, right? So it's like that's the signal, engagement metrics signals that algorithm that they should be pushing your content to more people. So anything that is a new feature that can foster engagement is good. So like notes, if you use it smart, people will DM you and reply to the note. Do you see what I'm saying? So you can put yeah. things in there to foster DMs, which is engagement. So that's like a smart thing if you learn how to use it right. And and that would potentially help engagement across your entire account. Your entire profile. Mm -hmm. mm, okay. Exactly. That's, that's what I Okay, that's not much of a hard sell to be honest. That's, yeah. <laughs> that, that'll help me. That'll get me to do it for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. For sure. But it's not like you have to put up things that are going to foster engagement. Don't just put yeah. up like like. I love my dog. <laughs> well, I see people. I see people just putting the city that they're in a lot. People use it differently. I mean, but like, that's what I'm saying. Like for me, it's a strat. Everything is strategic for me. I think about it. So give an example, like give a, like what would be a good, I can probably try and think of some, but like, what have you used? I don't know. I'll tell well? you the last one I replied to that I was laughing is my friend Elizabeth went to South Beach and she put yeah. South Beach almost killed me. And so I messaged her and started, and I put LMAO. It got me to yeah. laugh. I laughed because I was yeah, like, yeah. I'm here and I know South Beach will kill you. Well, it's spring break too. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, Listen, I'm, like, I'm here and I don't even go down there. I, I don't even I don't even try. I don't think I've been to South Beach once in the past two years. I've been in Florida. So like that, re like that resonated yeah. with me because it's almost killed yeah. me also. So like thinking yeah. about your ideal audience, what would resonate with them to get them to reply to you? Do you see what I'm saying? So like what yeah. little comments, like if there's like a controversial, timely thing happening, ask them a question. Trump or that's a good, question mark. That is a smart thing to think about. Just like the, the new features coming up on social, like use them like find a way to use them and explore them. Cause that's obviously yeah, what they it's want to It's all about in, building a relationship and like a dialogue with your audience. Yeah. I always say conversations lead to conversions. So the more yeah. you can connect with them, the more that it will work. Um, niche social sites, like be real, good reads, weird stuff like that, that I haven't really used, but I know they exist. Not Do you see opinion. them having, no, okay. I know that people use them. I don't know I, who. I, 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 my girlfriend has all these, like, she's obsessed. She reads more than anybody I've ever met in my entire life. So she has, actually, it's a really cool news app. It's not social, but it's kind of like a Facebook for news. Have you seen, it's like, hang on. The new that? one that Instagram launched? No, it's called, oh, I forget the name of it. It's an app that has like a news feed, but it's like news that you can pick and like show in your feed the news that you want. Oh, I don't know this. No. It's like a social media for news. It's cool. I don't use any of that stuff. I don't, it's just not my thing. I spend so uh, much time on Instagram and social media yeah. that I can't, I need to turn my brain off. Well, no, listen, you're living, you're living <laughs> your advice. And, and I think it's smart advice. I mean, like make money doing one thing that works really, really well. Mm -hmm. And once that thing works really, really well, yeah, you can explore and test other things. It's good too, to future proof yourself. But yeah. I mean, you gotta, you gotta be so, so wildly obsessed with the one thing that you know works. Exactly. That's how you become successful. Exactly. Um, AI, do you, any thoughts on AI for content generation? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's doing everything now, almost. I, um, yeah, I think it's gonna be amazing. And I think um, if you want my thoughts on AI in general, I think it's gonna replace the middle class. I think we're gonna have uh, back, like in the old days where it was like the poor and the freaking yeah. uh, oligarchy. Super rich, <laughs> yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, that's- I am uh, coming up with right now, like a course that's gonna teach people how to use AI for social media. Because I think that's the next thing is like, the thing with AI is you have to understand how to get, get the information out of it you want. You yeah. can just be like, write a social media post that's very nuanced of like how you have to like prompt it and like tone, yeah. and like, you know what I'm saying? Like how do, how do you get the content that you want? And so like, that's what I was gonna, I'm gonna be teaching people to do that. It's, it's absolutely awesome what you can do with it. And I think that this is gonna turn, Insane. so, Everyone that I work with, I'm just trying to get them to, and I think Alex Ramosi originally did this, but across the organization, like find a way to replace parts of your job with AI and just find a way to get rid of that piece and, and just turn everyone into, you know, where they were at pre-AI. Now they have like a 10x output compared to before. Yep. It's, it's fascinating what you can do. Okay. Uh, I don't think I have many other trending <laughs> social media topics. Um, I know that what was interesting to me is your backgrounds in fitness and health. 
oh, there's so much and we don't have a ton of time. So let's focus on things that are the most important. Because I know that you obviously, uh, you have anybody who's focused on their health and well-being has like hacks and strategies to operate at a very high level. Mm-hmm. I know because I do them and I know that you do them and I know there's probably dietary things and there's there's mindset things and I know that you um, I know that you're a big practitioner of, uh, of meditation and I think that um, uh, you, you follow uh, uh, I think it's Dr. Joe Dispenza mm-hmm. and and there's all these different things because obviously somebody who spent so much of their time being aware of what their body is doing you can't get rid of it and then you realize how you leverage it for like a like an intellectual and intellectual capacity to just operate at like the highest levels right you you know how to make your mind right how to operate how to sleep better how to whatever do all the things so coming from a background because i know that you've done this at, at a degree that most people have not even explored yet being from a fitness background and competing which is absolutely wild that people go through Today's show is brought to you by 1Password. Now listen, we all have that one friend who's constantly forgetting passwords and needing help to get into their accounts. I have a solution. It's called 1Password. 1Password is the award-winning password manager trusted by millions of users and companies like IBM and Slack to keep logins, credit cards, and other private info safe in an encrypted vault that only you can access. No more sticky notes with passwords or using the same password everywhere. I've been using 1Password for a year now, and I can't recommend it enough. It saves me time from having to reset passwords and gives me peace of mind knowing my info is secure. With convenient features like automatic password generation and login autofill, 1Password takes the hassle out of passwords. You can use it on all your devices, iOS, Android, Mac, PC. Everything syncs seamlessly. And with top-notch security audits and encryption, your data stays private. So do yourself a favor and check out 1Password today. Go to onepassword.com slash Clary and get a two-week free trial. Let 1Password remember all of your logins for you so you can remember what really matters. That's onepassword.com slash Clary for two weeks free. I want to take a second and thank Indeed. They're a huge sponsor of the Success Story podcast. And as business leaders, we're all driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. It's to match with Indeed. Now, if you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. You need to ditch the busy work. You need to use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster all the tools you need are in one spot. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Clary. Just go to Indeed.com slash Clary right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Clary. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need indeed. Just a quick question. Have you ever had one of those oh no moments when you realize that you accidentally deleted a huge file or worse, your whole computer dies? I know I have. It's happened to me a lot, but don't sweat it. The sponsor of today's episode, Backblaze, they have your back. It is unlimited backups for all your Macs, your PCs, or even your whole company. And it's really affordable under a hundred bucks a year. If you're running a business, they take the stress out of protecting everyone's data. If you need more bells and whistles for compliance, so on and so forth, they have enterprise options too. Honestly, losing data sucks, but Backblaze makes getting it back easy. They have restored billions of files. They offer tons of restore options, including rapid recovery in an event of data loss or ransomware. And you can access your backed up data from everywhere and anywhere in the world using their web app, iOS, or Android apps. It's been recommended by the New York Times, Inc., Macworld, PC World, LifeWire, Wired, Tom's Guide, 9to5Mac, and tons more. And best, you can try it fully featured with no risk at backblaze.com slash story. They set up that link for all Success Story podcast listeners. That is a no-risk free trial at backblaze.com slash story. Seriously, back up your stuff. Um, what are some things that you've picked up, some habits that you've that have stuck with you from that life that you still use to operate at your at your peak? Oh, so many things. Um, obviously, I don't have a desire to be a beast anymore like I did when I was competing for five years. Yeah. Um, when I was a pro athlete, oh gosh, that was a lot. 
Um, but fitness is still such a big part of my life and, and nutrition because of how I feel. So like I tell people a lot, it's really not for me about how I look anymore. It's like, I know what it feels like to feel well and I don't ever want to not feel well. So it's still like, um, I've been struggling actually at this moment. I can't work out to even my capacity because I had a big car accident last year that I'm not allowed to talk about because I'm in a lawsuit. <laughs> sure. Um, I hope you're but, okay, but huh? yeah, I hope you're okay. It was, it was rough. I had six herniated discs on my neck. Shit. Yeah. So, but I can tell you just like even my morning routine. So one thing that I do that I will always do is I don't ever take calls before 10 30 earlier. It's usually even 11 because like even on the days I've taken my kids, I'll get back. I need that two and a half hour window for like meditation, exercise, um, whatever it is, reading, walking outside in the sun. Like yeah. I need that personal time. I call it my magic morning time because if I don't, I'm so, I, I can't function optimally. Like it's so important for me. I don't care what I have to do. Like, unless it's, literally the most urgent call in the world. I will not take a call before 1030. It's not happening. So like, that's just something that stuck with me because my wellness is so important to me. Um, obviously like nutrition is huge, but again, not like eating to be a bodybuilder, but like just eating really well. Um, I'm, I would consider myself a biohacker. So it sounds like you were saying what I am, but yeah. that's, what, that's what they call like, how do you use food, nutrition, supplements, lifestyle to like hack your biology and like feel better, make your brain work smarter. Um, so I do a lot of that kind of stuff, like red light therapy, sauna, Meditation. Oh, you do. I didn't know you went all into it. You do all of it then. I do all the things. I'm obsessed. Mm -hmm. Cryotherapy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't do cold plunges because I absolutely hate them. <laughs> so I was going to say, what, what works though? Like, so you're talking about red light, cryotherapy, like all these different things. So what, mm -hmm. what do these things actually do? Because I personally stopped at the nutrition and like maybe like trying to mess around with some nootropics and trying to just have like an elevated concentration or focus yeah but I i've do, never I gone that far but not a lot um they all basically work to so i do a lot of intermittent fasting also yeah, and, yeah. and intermittent fasting is basically going to do like autophagy so it turns you into basically when like your your dead mitochondria which is like the powerhouses of our cells they basically kill themselves right and so you're left with only high performing mitochondria for someone like me i went through a big mold toxicity issue a lot of like toxins get stuck on those. And so like, that's a great way to detox and things as well. So like I do intermittent fasting, um, the sauna sweating is huge. Um, I do infrared sauna. My girlfriend has like a really good nice double. It's a, a heat and infrared. So it's a lot of science that goes behind number one, the detoxing sweat part, but also the heat. If you have like a certain heat threshold over time, you activate what's called heat shock proteins. So there's like, it's, it's really good for your biology, your mitochondria, your freaking longevity, like senescence of the cells. There's a lot of mm -hmm. like science that's behind it, but basically it's optimizing, it's, it's optimizing your biology. So you're healthier and you perform better. Your cells metabolize things better. You're not as inflamed. You get rid of inflammation. Right. And, and that. when you, when you, so, so even in your day to day, like when you don't do these things, just give me like a number, like you, if you don't do these things, you're at a what? versus when you do these oh, things, God. you're at a what? If I don't do them, I'm like a three or four. Wow. Yeah. And if I do them, I'm at like a nine or 10. Yeah. Significant change in my, it, I actually laugh. I'm like, I turn my brain yeah. on every day, whether it's exercise or sauna. Like I, my girlfriend has a Peloton. I just started doing Peloton, even though I don't yeah. work safe bikes, but like, I just love, I need to do some kind of physical activity. Like the Peloton has been good for me because I can't lift a lot right now because my injuries. Yeah. Um, but like, I need to move somehow. You know, and have you noticed like your, your recovery from injuries as well? Is that expedited because of the, the, the um, regime? Um, yeah, doing? yeah. I mean, I didn't necessarily do that kind of protocol for the neck. I actually did um, stem cell therapy for my neck, which has been dramatically amazing. So I do regenerative medicine, obviously we yeah. use Mike's husband. Um, I did that for my neck injury and it's a lot better. I'm not in pain anymore. Like my injuries were so bad. I felt like, you know, those bobby heads. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. ability in my neck. Cause I had a, I had a severe front and side whiplash injury. Um, but yeah, um, okay. yeah, the stem cell helped a lot, but it just helps overall. I mean, they say the infrared is really good for healing, like the infrared light is yeah. good for healing. So I, I haven't used it for that, but yeah, for sure. It's amazing. What, They're amazing tools. Yeah. It's tools in the toolbox to help you perform better and feel better. No, I know. And, and I like to dabble in this shit, but I'm not as deep down the rabbit hole as you are, but it's, it's fascinating. But if you were going to pick one, cause I, I intermittent fast, um, dabble with nootropics, cold plunges suck. I hate them. Never done red light or cryo or, or stem cells or anything like that. And I know they all exist, but it's like, I always have a, it's like, there's like, how much, how much time do I have in a day to start to explore this shit? Which I, you know, I should, I was more into it when I was lifting because I was like so focused on yeah. my body and the science around 
the body and what it can do. And I'm sure you were too, and you competed at a much higher level than I ever got to. It doesn't matter what I did. But the point is when you're in it, you're in it. And then like a lot of people, you fall victim to just like way too busy. Later on, I'll figure it out. I hear these things. So I like to bring these things to the forefront of the conversation because I truly do believe that everybody who's successful has some sort of regime or regiment or thing they do that is, they have to hack the way they perform because it's hard. Exercise is number one. Yeah. Exercise. So exercise is literally like, it turns my brain on. And if you look, um, one of my best friends is Dr. Gabrielle Lyon. She just did a post on this. Exercises release myokines. And these myokines are like these messengers that do a lot of things in the body. But one of the things they do is they, um, they release it's BDNF, which is a type of myokine. Apparently I just learned from her post cause she's so smart, but BDNF is a brain derived neurotropic factor. And so it's like miracle girl for your brain. And so exercise stimulates BDNF. And that's why for me, like I literally feel like a different brain when I exercise consistently, like that's yeah. the biggest one for me. If I had to pick one thing out of all that to do, the second would be sauna. Sauna is life changing for me. The infrared sauna. Sauna over intermittent fasting. Yep. Oh, that's, mm-hmm. that's pretty, that's, wow. That's compelling. Then mm-hmm. I got to try because for me, intermittent fasting is, is, is incredible. I mean, the focus and clarity it. I get. I love intermittent fasting, but the sauna is like, I see a dramatic difference in how my brain operates after I get out of the sauna. What do you, what is it? What do you do for the sauna? <laughs> what, what is it? There's different ones. You got to do a bunch of yeah. research on it and I'm not a sauna yeah. expert, but I know like hers is both. There's like the high heat temperature saunas, like yeah. dry saunas, and then there's infrared. So you're getting red light on you in the sauna. Cause yeah. the red light apparently penetrates your cells. It's like a different way of heating the body. Whereas like the dry sun is from the external. Um, and again, I'm not a sauna expert, but this is just from the anecdotal stuff I've read. Yeah. So it's like two different ways. I know that like at any rate, really it's like three days a week for 30 minutes in like a certain heat temperature is like the best benefit for like the heat shock proteins. But for me, it's all also just about detoxing. I don't know if I'm just a poor detoxer or something, but when I get in the sun, I feel like exponentially, like I'm just like sweating and like detoxing and I feel much better. That's wild. Mm-hmm. What do you, what do you eat? Like what's your diet like now? Oh, I'm really, I'm gluten-free. I don't eat a lot of dairy. I'm neurotic about no chemicals, preservatives, um, non-GMO stuff. <laughs> no, it's good. No, it's, it's I very a lot good. Of, I eat a lot of protein, high protein diet, a lot of grass fed wild, like like meats. But you're not, you're not like pure keto. You're just, no. I, no. I naturally eat lower carb. I don't eat a ton of carbs, but I'm not keto. I've never been keto. Mm-mm. I, I love this. Balanced. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then last, last thing, uh, meditation, you meditate a lot. Uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza. I, I, I know him. I don't actually know his work that well though. So it's been the what, most life changing thing I've ever done. What is, what does he, what does he teach? And what do you, what does that, what does that actually do for, for you? Okay. And how do you it's implement so... it in your life? I'm going to try to keep this really succinct, but it's hard to get it into even like a five minute thing, but it's not, when you think of meditation, when I first started meditating, I went to headspace and I put the things on yeah. and I was like, Hey, don't think of anything. Just shut your brain. Most off. people do that. That's what, yeah, that's like step that's, one, right? It's step one. And I think it did help me a little bit. I would put on like theta music and it was good. This is game changing. It's totally different because you're not just sitting there doing nothing. It's like, actually he teaches a technique of meditation that you're actively using your brain to access these higher states. Uh, in higher dimensions. And so by doing these meditation techniques for me at work, because I'm not just sitting there not thinking I'm actively sensing and like doing this whole technique of raising my energy and you're able to access these really like theta states and like super high dimensions. So what he's doing is he's taking like, he's demystifying the mystical woo stuff, right? So it's like science meets mystical mm-hmm. energy stuff, but the results are profound. Like I went from dreading meditation to like being in there for, I'll be in there. We did a five hour pineal meditation as event. I didn't want to come out. I was like, I don't even want to come out of here. It's in, it's the most life changing experience. I've manifested my dream girl. I manifested my dream life. Like I manifested everything doing his work because basically what you're doing is through these meditate, meditative states, you're going into these, it's basically like a dimension where there's no time or space. Right? Yeah. So if I'm in this space, energetically with my frequency and I'm creating in the space, there's no time or space. So everything I create is everywhere all the time. So I'm already, it's already done. So it's like this really interesting process of healing yourself, like creating, generating abundance. Like it's like, a, it's, a, it's amazing. It's amazing. And Highly recommend everybody look at his work. It's, it's not his free stuff is not great. you got to go to an event. His seven day event is where your life will be changed. Is, um, is the stuff that he works on like documented? Like there's like oh, yeah. science behind this? Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. He's got a researcher, PhD at um, University of San Diego, California that 
when we, I actually went to his event at the end of COVID and none yeah. of us were masked, 1400 of us and the thing, none of us were masked because we all like advanced meditators do not get COVID. They actually have research studies showing that COVID cannot enter the cell of us as advanced meditators and his, because our frequency is so high. And also apparently like when we're accessing these high states, you know, that like 99% of our DNA is like junk DNA. Yeah. Yeah. I you know, know that. Yeah. Happens to it. Well, us advanced meditators are releasing a protein that they've never identified. So they're studying this protein in the University of San Diego because we believe that could be possibly why when people go to his event, they're curing cancer, they're walking again, they're freaking can't get COVID. Get out of here. Seriously. It's insane. Your immune system is like. By the way, this sounds absolutely wild. I'm just going to. It sounds wild if you've never been into it. So this is something that you have like has absolutely changed your life and you've totally tried all the all the physical like biohacky things you've already tried those and then still as somebody who goes into science goes into research i'm sure thoroughly for the stuff that you incorporate into your own life and your own body this has been that impactful on your life totally i mean it's one of the best decisions i've ever made and i will tell you yeah. If you were like me, I was terrified to go to this event. I was terrified. I was like, there's no effing way I can sit in a meditation thing for like 40 hours or 50 hours a week. It's absolutely not happening. And then I was like, you know what? Like, why do I have so much resistance to this? The way that I've always operated, why I started competing in fitness is because yeah. if I'm scared to do something, I should lean into it more and do it. I'm like, why yeah. am I so scared of doing this? That means I need to lean into it more. So after like a lot of my friends going and doing what I'm doing to you and raving about it, I was like... All right, F it. I like bought the ticket and I was like, ah, I'm like, oh my God, okay, I just bought this ticket. I'm going to do this meditation retreat. I don't know how this is going to go. I don't know how to survive. I might not make it. And then I went and I was like obsessed. Normally when I go to a conference, I'm like, oh, I'll skip sessions or whatever. I was like, yeah. everyone, I couldn't wait to go back. I was like, I'm, every session, I didn't miss one thing. I was yeah. obsessed. I, and no, I'm, the- I'm actually going to his advanced follow-up in May in Denver. I'm so excited. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of science behind meditation. I spoke to, uh, to Stephen Kotler and he writes a lot of books on, on how to reduce uh, aging in both the mind and the body. And a lot of it has mm-hmm. to do with the purposeful meditation. So I know there's a lot of science behind it, yep. but I know that what you're describing is like taking it to the next level. But it's a I mean, thing. it's a long yeah. we can have a podcast just on this if you want. <laughs> yeah, maybe one day. Maybe I'll go. I'll check it out. And then you I'll, should actually I'll... go. It's I mean, I'm telling you, like, just do, like put yourself out there because it's really I've never heard one person come back that says it wasn't the most amazing experience of their life. And yeah. that's what people think. It's like a cult. And it's not it's not it's just like chiropractic. Chiropractors aren't a cult leader. It's once you know what it feels like to feel amazing, you don't want to not feel amazing. So you go back. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's just like yeah. it's an amazing experience. I love that. Okay. Um, we'll do something else in the future about meditation. <laughs> it's obviously a really big topic to go into. So I just wanted to touch on it briefly. Um, but let's let's wrap soon. Uh, before I, I end this, I'm just going to leave it with you. Is there anything that we didn't go into? Any last pieces of advice for entrepreneurs, business leaders, high-performing people that you wanted to leave them with? Um, and then I'll get your social and then we'll, we'll close it out. No, I mean, I think I just want to say kudos to you for listening to these kind of podcasts because you're just like, you're expanding your, it's like the best free platforms we have to learn, right? So yeah. listen and take one thing from each thing and go execute. I love that. Okay. Um, where can people connect with you? Instagram. Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's my favorite platform. Obviously, it's my name at Teresa Di Pasquale. There's a T-H-E-R-E-S-A. Um, my website is Capture Social Group. That's where you can find a lot of my business stuff. Um, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, I, I spend a lot of my time on Instagram. Perfect. Okay. And I asked this question to everyone before we cut out. Uh, you've had an incredible career. You've had almost two, two seasons to your, to your career and your life, and you've been successful in both of them. Um, at this point in your life, what does success mean to you? Mm, freedom. Not freedom, like freedom to be able to choose what I want to do every day. Like I yeah. feel successful now because I have a great business, but I can wake up and choose to do it. I wake up, you know, I have that option to do it. And that's just a really big thing for me. Thank <laughs> you.